1: everyone and welcome to episode 130 of the mom hour i am megan francis here as always with sarah powers hey sarah hey megan how are you pretty good um we're gonna be talking today about sane and satisfying entertaining and i I have to admit that i'm really in the mode for thinking about this because um i just wrapped up a thanksgiving weekend where i visited my family and you know ate food and was entertained at someone else's house and just got me kind of in this I don't know this is definitely going to be an episode that could uh, apply to any entertaining all year round but I I have to admit I am now in the holiday I am in the holiday spirit I'm there yes it's it's something <laughs> so. we
0: have to think about whether we're the ones entertaining or being entertained and I used the phrase sane and satisfying that's something you used to use ages ago on your blog and it's I like remember. the perfect little phrase for Like there's these things that we either have to do or we think we should do as a mom. But you and I are just champions of keeping those things sane and satisfying, meaning don't drive yourself crazy and also make sure it's fun for you. And I think entertaining is no different. So I think we have some fun things to talk about today and also maybe some tips for if entertaining just seems totally overwhelming or something that only, you know, Instagram stars do. (laughs) Um, That's not necessarily the case. Like you can have people into your home and throw even a big gathering and it just doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be picture perfect so sane Absolutely. and satisfying for the win sane
1: and satisfying i love it i'm i'm glad to be reminded of that little phrase um and we should also mention that uh, this is kind of like part one of, of a two parter it's not quite yeah the same sometimes we do two parters where it really is like like a sequel and this one right. is more like two you know similarly themed episodes um one right after the other so this one's going to be Kind of more about entertaining in general, having people over. I I want to talk about the traditions that we grew up with around entertaining Mm -hmm. because I think that's kind of fun. And then 131 will really focus on that meal and serving the the meal. meal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cleaning cleaning up afterward.
0: And we're rolling both of these out this week. So you guys get a bonus on Friday. We're just we are like sharing a lot of podcast love with you guys lately. This is like.
1: You know, I know this week alone. It's like, bountiful what? holiday. Is this, it's like five episodes? This yeah. Week?
0: <laughs> so, this is silly. People are like, stop talking. Stop <laughs> talking, is, Megan. And Sarah.
1: We said we wanted more. We lied. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> we put our, we put our mask.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we will have a little bonus for you on Friday of this week. So,
1: Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So, this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: Okay. Well, um, I kind of wanted to start out by kind of making the case for entertaining in general as not something to be afraid of or shy away from when you're a mom, especially of little kids. Um, And I wanted to give a shout out to our sister podcast, The Home Hour, because they, as you guys know, if you've been listening, they relaunched last spring um, and they have had some really great guests and topics around entertaining that just kind of remind you of why it's important and what kind of you know just what kind of things come about when you open up your home to other people so I don't know maybe we can spend a few minutes just talking just making a case for it and I know it's hard I know it can seem stressful um but but I think it's worth it
1: it is worth it and I wanted to say that um I went through you know we've talked on this episode or on the show kind of a lot lately about how things have changed for me in my house and how for a while I was kind of just I don't know, in hiding from life and yeah. not really entertaining a lot. And that's so something I've, I've always loved to do. And so it's been almost a year really since I've, well, no, it's been well over a year, actually, since I've really had people over and have entertained with a capital yeah. E um, or even with a lowercase e, I have to admit. So <laughs> I've been kind of easing into it lately and had my first bona fide like gathering of people where I made food and, and yeah. I decided to do a baked potato bar because nice. it was just easy and I knew I could do it. And it reminded me of all the things I love about having people over, which is what entertaining is really having people over. It's the same yeah. thing. And the right. word entertaining sounds kind of scary. And, um, Yeah, it sounds like something you
0: could be good or bad at, but you can't really be good or bad at opening your door and having people walk through.
1: (laughs) When people walk in, you've already succeeded. So um, just kind of the little rituals that I used to do when I did this more often, you know, um, checking the drinks, the drink situation, uh, cleaning up the bathrooms, um, making sure that I had stuff that everybody could eat or drink. You know, just like all the little things that I used to be really, really, um, I don't know, just paid attention to, I guess, and enjoyed. I did again, and that felt good. It it really felt good. It was really nice, and it was over in like two hours. It wasn't. It was a school night. It wasn't like it was didn't go on and on for hours and hours. I didn't bake a big fancy dinner. I made baked potatoes. I love it. There you go. That's actually
0: great. That's that's a great um, type of. Later on, I think we'll talk about different types of entertaining you can do. It doesn't always have to be a dinner party, but baked potato bar is a super fun one. I kind was of really want to eat that right now.
1: You want I me to make also, you a baked potato bar? Yeah,
0: please. Will you? Um, I also think this really sets a great example for our kids. And I think this could get, we could get into an area where If things have to be perfect all the time, we're sort of sending that message like, quick, everybody be on your best behavior. Go clean up your rooms because we're having people over. And I'm not saying you'll never do that because we all do that. But the more you have different types of entertaining options, opening up your home for small gatherings and big gatherings and casual and fancy. I think that really kind of shows our kids what's possible. It shows them that we can focus on what really matters, which is the people walking through the door and not the house being perfect. Um, And I think what goes hand in hand with that is this gets easier the more you do it. So if you only do it once a year and it it stresses the heck out of you, your kids are going to pick up on like, oh, here we go. Like mom's having people over. (laughs) Like this is going to be a nightmare. Or you just make a habit of it and they get to see the fun in that. So if you you don't want to do it for you, you know, maybe think about that as the message it sends to kids and the family as well. I think there's an opportunity there.
1: That reminds me of something cute Owen said when we were having people (laughs) over and um, I was having him vacuum or something. And he said, why do we always, you know, clean so much more when people are coming over? And I said, well, we want them to see, you know, we want the house to be nice for people. And he said, well, isn't it more important that they see the way we really live, mom? (laughs) I said this is the way we really live when people come over. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was kind of funny. He like had, totally had my number on that, and then, then I yeah. said, you know, but there is something kind of nice about pulling everything together and getting it guest ready, and and just having that be, um, I don't know, just having a nice, fresh, clean slate. And and we've talked before about when you want to clean and you're having a, trouble getting motivated, have people over. Yes, and so there's Absolutely. something nice, and I I think really fun in the ritual of cleaning for company that feels yes. different than just like, ugh, I have to clean because. I don't know, because my house is a disaster. Yeah. No, and you get to you still
0: get to enjoy your home in that spiffed up state. You know, we're in the holidays now and it's always it always lights a little fire under you if you're having some kind of a gathering, but then you get to enjoy it, you know, and you get to it's still your space. So um well yeah, I think I think it's worth it. I think it doesn't have to be perfect or fancy and hopefully listeners out there will feel challenge to maybe have people over and maybe some of you are probably doing this already katie who you guys know on the podcast that katie entertains all the time whenever i ask her what she's doing for a holiday or something she's always having people over so um i think that can be inspiring too is just there are people who are just naturally good at and maybe others of us who have to work
1: work out a little bit bit. more at it
0: (laughs) okay so i'm really curious what um you what memories you have of what entertaining was like in your family growing up because you grew up in a big family and you were the youngest so I have to yeah. figure that like your family was already in the mode of entertaining in the way that they came to entertain by the time you were remembering things does that make yeah. sense like I oh, was the totally. first baby so those first few years are just about getting your bearings but by the time right. you were a kid things were happening they've been doing it for a
1: while yeah. yeah and and one of the things I think is kind of fun um my mom was very frugal and really liked out of things so we had been using by the time I came along by the time I remember we had been using the same <clears throat> the same linens and all that stuff since and I guess I just don't feel like people swap that stuff out as much then mm-hmm. as they do now like you don't go to you didn't go to Target and to pick up all new to yeah. pick up all new you know table linens every year right. and so a lot of the stuff I remember feeling like it was a real throwback like in the middle of the 80s when I was using my mom's like very obviously in 1964 or whenever she got married
0: <laughs> um mm-hmm
1: her table linens and serving platters and stuff like that all stuff that i would probably love now i do have a few of those pieces still and i think they're awesome but like very very mod um Mm -hmm. and i remember the um cleaning now it's hard for me to to figure out whether she was doing that like my memories of her cleaning whether that was just something she did before people came over or whether it was Mm -hmm. something that she did um all the time and i just remember it before people came over because it was more notable maybe yeah but and i know we're gonna talk a little more about cleaning in the next episode but one thing i do remember is that she would always take all the chairs out and line them up like out of the dining room and line them up in the living room oh so she could vacuum and mop Mm -hmm. and i would pretend it was a train i do remember that very specifically (laughs) like (laughs) turning the chairs like lining all the chairs up and pretending it was a train and then we always 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 got out the good silver and Uh the good um Dishes that we didn't use the china that we didn't use any other time of the year, and like the serve and the um, like the gravy boat mm-hmm. and the um, crystal serving this and that, and mm-hmm. that was really for Thanksgiving, um, yeah. Christmas, and Easter. So, those things got brought out. Now, we also did plenty of just more casual entertaining, and that I just remember adults sitting at the table, usually smoking cigarettes to be honest and like if I really had to be honest um and then kids just running around like running amok Mm -hmm. and so I don't know it's like there were definitely different feelings like holidays got the white glove treatment
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: and like I don't know casual get-togethers were much more similarly minus the smoking which we no longer do in our houses or hopefully outside of them um we we so it was basically more a lot more like what it looks like now for me and my friends and family just hanging out do you to remember
0: your do you remember your mom getting like do you remember feeling like she was busy or like frantic or stressed out or that it was fun or somewhere in the middle, or do you not remember?
1: I don't remember her feeling stressed out. I remember her feeling like purposeful mhm and I do remember that she didn't really ever give me anything meaningful to do in the kitchen, and I would always really want to help her, and she'd give me mm-hmm. something really dumb like mixing the like mixing the gravy packet
0: which didn't need to be done which, anyway or whatever yeah no.
1: well I think it did but like it would have taken it took me like a half a night and I just sit there and mix it and mix it and mix it yeah I knew that was the only thing I was gonna get to do um yeah. so that's one thing and she actually even mentioned that when I was older I remember her saying that she wished she hadn't kicked me out of the kitchen as much um she was just trying to get like dinner on the table and she yeah. really didn't need the help but I don't remember her feeling I don't remember getting a feeling from her like she was really stressed or harried. It was just like, people are coming. These are the things that I have to do. I do remember her being in the kitchen like all day yeah. before a big meal. It felt like all day to me, yeah. Um, especially if there was a turkey involved and right, sure. uh, lots of sides and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. What about you-, you?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of my memories as you're talking and I was thinking, I feel like. And we've talked about this before. I'm only two and a half years younger than you, but in for all intents and purposes, it's like a 10-year difference because our parents were different ages and I'm the oldest right. and you're the youngest and all that. Um, I feel like in probably the late 80s, early 90s, when I'm remembering these things, I feel like potlucks maybe were... I don't know. Do you feel like your casual get-togethers had a lot of people bringing stuff? I feel like ours did. So I feel I don't remember... And maybe my mom was just smart and realized, like, there's no point in cooking everything. I mean, there's no that's not right. It's not necessary if everyone can bring stuff. So I remember a lot of potlucks, like a lot of people bringing stuff, contributing um, even at Thanksgiving. We still do Thanksgiving like that when we have larger Thanksgivings with, you know, friends or extended family. Everybody brings something. Um, I remember I do remember the plates like the blue plates that were not they weren't wedding china but they were like the nice stoneware that all matched and um and I remember tablecloths, and I do remember setting the table I think that was probably my job and it it did probably (laughs) get me out of the kitchen a little bit too but I remember thinking it was really special you know picking flowers or arranging things how I you know I think I was given a good amount of creative license to make a pretty table or making place cards even if it was not even Thanksgiving just a random you know yeah. Um, my parents had a lot of, so um, the house that we moved into when I was about eight and then lived there for until I graduated high school was fairly big. It was like kind of sprawling and had a really big backyard. So, I, and my dad at, in his business at that time had a lot of, you know, people that he could invite over from work. So I do remember a lot of big gatherings, but again, mostly pretty casual, mostly, uh, potluck style. So that I don't remember my mom having to like cook an entire meal or have it be that formal like dinner party situation. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah.
1: yeah, It's funny that you're asking that because I honestly, when it's like the casual get togethers, which was usually local friends or aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff like that. I don't remember anything about the food, which tells me it probably wasn't very noteworthy. (laughs) Yeah. Probably wasn't something that kept my mom really busy. I know we didn't order pizza. My mom just wasn't the type. I don't even know that we had a a place where you could order pizza where I lived when (laughs) I was a kid, Um, but it was probably something like, you know, hot dogs. I I don't remember anything about it, which tells me it was probably very, you know, people brought the chips and my mom made the hot dogs or something. Right. So the only really meals like my mom was really in the kitchen and, you know, cooking for, I think, were those holiday meals. And another thing that's interesting, I, I don't remember us having a lot of people over for those meals. Those tended to be just us. Okay, and maybe like one relative, or like the year my mom like adopted an elderly woman, um, through the church. Like she was mm-hmm. kind of we kind of fo- like yeah. fostered her, I guess. Yeah, and she would come over for holidays, um, and that was always entertaining because she had a really wicked sense of humor and always looked like she was about to drop dead. Like at all moments of the t- like she would sometimes <laughs> pretend to drop dead in front of us at the oh, table. Oh, I think you've told me. This. Yes, just to trick us, and she never had her teeth in. I mean she got us over and over and over again. And I think she just so thought it was hilarious. Funny. So my brother and I were terrified of this woman, but anyway, it would always be like a, it would be a guest like that. Like my mom would, you know, kind of take in stray people sometimes. And mm-hmm. so we'd end up mm-hmm. with this, this table of like my brother and me and my sister and maybe my other brother before he was off at school. And then it would be, like, <laughs> it would be like the four of us and my mom and then this rando person. So we That's were funny. kind of like all in our best behavior, but it was but not it wasn't it usually huge. It yeah. wasn't big and it usually also wasn't someone who would have brought something Right. so yeah i remember a lot of those interesting like people just showing up at our table um, yeah for those holidays but they were those tended to be much more formal and the other ones i think were just free for all who knows yeah who knows we yeah. could have been eating peanut butter toast for all i remember <laughs> so yeah <laughs> no I,
0: I that's really interesting really interesting yeah um well, I thought let's do a little rapid fire. I, I have a few like questions we can both answer and then okay. um, and then we'll take a break and keep going. But these are just some like I think everybody does these things differently. So I'm just going to ask you and we can both, um, sure you know, chime in. So if you were going to have a get together bigger than just a couple friends, friends, um, how would you do invitations? Text, Evite, formal? Have you Ooh, done any formal I invitations ne- for?
1: I have Probably never not. sent a formal invitation that I can recall actually i take that back one time on a lark uh jenna missy and i threw like a fancy holiday party we were Ooh, fun. so young they didn't even have kids yet i think i only had jacob um and we all like wore fancy clothes this was pre-text <laughs> nice. uh and no one had i mean i had email but most people didn't use it at that time so i think we sent handwritten invitations in the mail Ooh, Fancy, um, but usually it would be either a text or maybe a facebook invite if it was a big enough group Okay um, um text more likely how about you
0: i i like evite i like evite because of you know me i like to manage details and i'm yeah. like really anal about communications and so the step i like how... of actually
1: having to set the evite up would probably be oh, the thing that would stop me from using and it. and i love it
0: i could like set evite invitations up as a hobby like a side business um that's really <laughs> weird um, so I, I do like Evite and I like that you can see who's coming and the people can kind of comment and Evite, Evite has been around forever, which is kind of cool. And it's really kind of come a long way. So I still yeah. use it occasionally. Um, in terms of print invitations, I mean, I think those are so pretty. I got to design some for my sister's baby shower recently, but that's, again, that's the type of thing you would do a formal invitation. Um, but I, I would say if I were doing, you know, like a new year's Eve party or something, I still think there's a time and place for printed invitations. I just haven't, I haven't had much reason to do them in a while, but I do think I
1: kind of wish I would have a reason because I really like them. Yeah. Um, but I just, I have never. So yeah. And (laughs) I feel like like people recently.
0: People still do them sometimes for kids' birthday parties. Sometimes I get a lot of a lot
1: of those by eBay. Oh, invite Yeah, too, yeah. No, we've but, done them yeah. we've done them for kids' birthday parties for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Um, and then how do you decide who to invite? Do you have those do you have like Oof. friend groups where it's like they start to overlap, but if you go into the overlap, then you've oh, got to yeah, invite no. like that tier.
1: So I how call do you, it how like do the tier. Make- yeah, it's the tier <laughs> yes. system. It's a mess. So you've got your A group and this sounds terrible, but you know, you've got your people you hang out with all the time. It's not yeah. You like one group better than the other. You just see them more. And right. then you've got the B group. And it's like, if you invite one person from the B group, you better invite everybody from the B right. group. Exactly. It just keeps going. And then, and then you're getting into the C group because like those people know each other and man, yeah, it's the I don't people know <laughs> who know
0: each other. That's the, yeah. that's where I always get tripped up is like, I'm pretty good at deciding like, okay, who, you know, who are we close with or like, who's in our circle. But then you get into where like someone that you really want to invite is also really good friends with like that next tier. And then it's just yes. like a, a domino effect.
1: I know. So do you well, any- one thing I have done is um, I've kept most of my I've kept most of them to the the a group, I have to say, which is OK, because when you count like all the kids and stuff, mm-hmm. it's still a lot of people. Yeah. And my family is big enough that if I just invite my family, that's a party right there. Yeah. So um, there have been times that I've invited like one or two people outside of the main group because I'm kind of hoping they'll become part of the main group. Right. Yeah.
0: And yeah. sometimes
1: that works. And I feel like if it's if it's the right person at the right time for the right event, it's okay. Like when we used to have those big Halloween parties every year, Mm -hmm. invariably one or two of the people who'd get invited weren't people who we hung out with all the time, but were just people that we'd happen to be spending a lot of time with lately. Yeah, And maybe their Mm -hmm. name came up. Um, I think my, uh, my friends, Liz and Lars are really good at this because they have a ton of friends and they're realtors. They know a ton of people right? and, and they've just lived here forever. Um, so they really don't they hardly ever do really formal invitations to stuff. It's just kind of like you either find out about it or you don't. And it's, it sounds kind of like a mess, but I think it works because then you never have to feel bad that you didn't invite everybody. You just, yeah. it's like, if you happen to be hanging out with someone the day before and you mention it and they come yeah. cool, if you don't see them for a while and they miss it, well, you didn't intentionally let them leave them out. Right. And if, and no. as long as
0: it's like an equal playing field, like they do that right. equally with everyone. So Yeah, exactly. You're you're never really getting the slight. Yeah, I was gonna say that one. One tip, if if it if it's hard to like invite everybody, is kind of wait to the last minute with that B and C group and kind of see like what things are doing. And then if you do run into them at the soccer field and you've got enough food and space, then you can be like, oh hey, we're having a few people over. If you guys want to join, you know, like like some parties that could be awkward with, but sometimes it's just yeah, keeping it. And sometimes it mixes things up
1: a little bit, and especially when you know there's like a like a blossoming friendship happening that hasn't quite hit that. Like we're all besties and we're hanging out all the time. Right. Right. Place yet, but has that potential. I, I kind of feel like that's when you can get a little creative with that. Yeah. And the last minute invitation too doesn't feel like you invited that person six weeks ahead of time, but you didn't invite their two best people that are the same. And it sounds, right. it sounds so funny that we're talking about tears as though we like mentally tear our friends. I don't. It's just no, that when I sit no. down to start thinking about who to invite to a party. There's like there's the obvious people and then there's everyone else. And it's and it 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 doesn't have anything to
0: do with how much you like them or if they're a good person. It's just where the social circles overlap, I think. Exactly. Yep. That makes sense.
1: And Um, it also helps that I have like theater friends and that's like a totally different group than, you know, my mom friends. So sometimes it makes it like if you have your work friends, sometimes that makes it a little easier or you have your people that you do certain things with. Then mm-hmm. you can kind of throw together an event and only have those people. It's really more associations than it is closeness. Exactly. But when but when people run through lots of different groups, that's where it becomes really tricky.
0: Well, and I, we we didn't mention this, but it, it totally depends on what type of party you're having, too. I mean, right. I think there's certain types of parties that are easy to just be the more the merrier, especially if food is not if you're not serving a bunch of complicated food to every person who walks in the door and so at toward the end of the episode we'll get into kind of a a few different types of parties that are fun to throw but um that's another thing that you know if it if it's a sit-down dinner or a relatively you know a high investment of your time and money then you know keeping the guest list small is totally legit and if people hear about it find out about it it's all it's happened to everybody and i feel like as long as it's handled with general grace and kindness Mm -hmm. it's all okay in the end. Um, do you have any ways that you handle music or decorating? Do you have any things you love to do and other things that maybe you don't mm, care so much? About? I
1: use Spotify playlists for music and I totally tailor that to who's coming over um, and the event to some degree decorating, man. I don't know. I feel like that's some, that's some place I fall down on. I, I, I'm not great. I always like to have a nice fresh tablecloth on and maybe some matching, um, some matching, um, oh, what's the word? napkins thank you it's like uh, <laughs> napkins that match the tablecloth thank you very much but i don't really i don't know i'm not very creative i know you're much more creative with decorating
0: i i do like i mean i when it's when we're talking seasonally i i like to decorate my house seasonally so the mantle usually looks nice and um i love candles but i when oh, terms yeah, of too. in terms of decorating i actually usually think more functionally like if a lot of people are coming over, like, how am I, where am I gonna put the people and how am I gonna arrange things so that the flow works, including right. like removing pieces of furniture and storing them temporarily in the garage if things are too crowded, or like setting up a table in the backyard for drinks and a bar setup, or kind of getting creative that way. So I don't know, that's not really decorating, but more thinking about like just the flow and where people are gonna gather and, Um, I, we, I do love Spotify playlists too. My one thing about music at parties is I get a little sensory overloaded. Like I don't, I don't like, I love listening to music nice and loud if I'm listening to music, but I have a hard time with background music. That's too loud. That just Mm -hmm. makes me, just makes me feel kind of on edge. So I, I like really low volume on party music, unless it's just like a really kind of crazy wild party, then you can crank it up, I guess. But in general, I'm, I'm like a low low volume background. Music.
1: Well, and there's some music that just lends itself to that really well. Like, yeah. you know, my my favorite 70s AM soft rock gold <laughs> type of music is good background music in that way because it's kind of rec- it's recognizable so you can have it weighed down and people still pick up what's happening and you don't have to really listen very closely. Right. So,
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. that's totally true. And then your kids are a little maybe beyond this, but um, do you have anything that you do to kind of prepare the kids for their role in a party or like how you
1: get them to help or anything like that. Not so much anymore, I guess. I think I think one thing that has become more of an issue as they've gotten older is like how much are they expected to interact? Is this the kind of thing where they can just hide? Which, you know, for the teenagers a lot of times it is. Like they don't want to hang out with my friends. Right. Um necessarily. They need to make an appearance and say hello and be polite and maybe Like if it's the kind of party where everyone's standing up, just eating appetizers, maybe, right. You know, show your face, eat some apps, say hello to your relatives and go. That's totally fine. Um, or if it's the kind of thing where we're going to have like, you know, someone from out of town that never sees them in like then how is that expectation a little bit different? So that is one thing that has, has definitely remained the same. Um, behaviorally, It's not something I have to worry about so much anymore. They, they kind of know they've been, We've been doing this for so long. They know how to act yeah. when people are over. If other kids are over, they know how to act around other yeah. kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. So no, well, you've made that part training. of your
0: family culture. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I would just say that this gets so much easier. I mean, it is yeah, it, really it is does. hard to have your wits about you and entertain. Even a casual gathering when you have like a baby, a toddler and a preschooler, it's yes. really hard. It's hard on you and it's hard on the kids. So um, mm-hmm. you and I did an episode about this once and I actually wrote a post about it. So I can link I can link that up. But um, I uh, talked in depth about ways that I tried to make things not so hard on my kids when we were hosting a big gathering. And it's everything yeah. from making sure that you're spending some one on one time with them before things get crazy making sure they know what to expect, you know, that's just a big one with kids anyway. But I think even two and three year olds and sure, for sure, older than that can sort of have an idea of what to expect, how long it'll last. Um, but it, it can rock kids' worlds. They have people coming over if they have other kids coming over that want to play yeah. with their toys. I mean, and then you're trying to be pleasant and entertain. Mm-hmm. And that is hard. That's enough to make you want want to not do it for a while but i still think it's worth it and i think there are some ways you can kind of prepare the kids i know one of my tips from that post was to kind of use your uh screen time wisely because it's tempting to just Mm -hmm. hand them an ipad or put on a movie um but in my experience that actually created kids who were just as because they hadn't really gotten any attention from anyone they hadn't really engaged with the party that was going on so it just made them grumpier and didn't actually provide that much relief so of course, I'm all for putting a movie on for the kids if the adults are having some conversation time, but just having some other other things to other do as well, whether it's like do. a fun yeah. craft or like something. Um, but it does. It requires a little thinking ahead because I think it's hard on little kids to have their, it is hard. their environment yeah. disrupted that way.
1: So. And and another thing um, I want to, I guess, touch on really quick and, and something that I have to be a lot more mindful about now that I don't have little little kids anymore is preparing for people who do have little kids i have to think about that more than i used to it used to be we're all in the same boat we all had little Mm -hmm. ones like i was already there um now i think i know when i had really young ones i really liked when hosts would kind of lay down the law right away and let me know what was okay as far as what rooms the kids could go in i really like doing that because then i could communicate that to my kids proactively like right at the beginning and i think if you're bashful or shy about that you end up with something like you know, the oldest kid's room got busted into and a bunch of their stuff got broken and it wasn't your intention for kids to be in there, but you didn't want to say that. And you thought maybe the parent would just figure that out and they won't necessarily, they don't know, they're not really necessarily going to know what areas of your house are okay for the kids to be in and what aren't. So I think you can both mention that to the parents and the kids. I'm pretty good about making it clear to kids when they come into my house in a very kind way, like where they can be and where they can't. And we're pretty casual about like, Kids being in my bedroom. I've got the best bathroom in the house, and so often my bedroom door is open during parties. It's right off the mm-hmm. kitchen, and people can kind of come through and use the bathroom as they want. But like that doesn't mean that that I want the kids playing in my stuff either. Right. So there has right. to be that you know that that distinction. Um, yeah. Another thing that I kind of forgot about for a while, but now I'm gonna have to get back in that mode because I have a friend having a baby. Mm-hmm. Is like making sure that I know Liz is preggy. Um, making sure there's like a place for her to change a diaper. Yeah, is not something I've had to think about in a long time. Um, I have distinct (laughs)
0: memories of going over to people's houses when I did have brand new babies and just thinking it was so thoughtful when they had thought of that. Like, oh, here's a place to go breastfeed the baby or change a diaper or, you know, just making sure I knew where everything was. And yes, that is it's such a nice touch to think Mm -hmm. about. And that that goes for. Anything, if you have an elderly guest or if you have, you know, anyone with any kind of like special need or situation, I think that type of graciousness is so it's easy to forget when you're in like the last minute scramble, but it goes a long way to just making guests feel like you have thought about the fact that they'll be coming to your house or whatever their needs may be. So, yeah. Okay. Um. So I thought it might be fun to kind of brainstorm some different types of big gatherings, because I think we we all just got through Thanksgiving. We know the, the winter holidays are coming up, but I think there's a lot of really fun opportunities to have people over that don't have to be the traditional turkey dinner like we talked about or the more formal affair. So I just right. made a note of a few, and I know you have posted some fun things too. So yeah. um. One really fun one that we did once and I want to do again is a progressive dinner. So that does require a few houses hosting, but it's really, really fun. And if you live where you can walk to neighbor's house, um, the idea is that each each home opening itself up would only serve one course. Um, We did it at the holidays. So everybody's home was decorated really beautifully. Um, and everybody only had to make and serve one or maybe two little mm-hmm. things. And then everybody progressed from house to house. So that was a really fun way to get your home spiffed up and yet not have, not be staring down the barrel of like a four or five hour event where everyone was in your right. home. Does that make sense? So that was, yeah, a fun no,
1: I really want to do progressive dinner. I've been talking about this for years and I just haven't got, I haven't gotten like enough of my friends to all buy-in at the same time. <laughs> so I know it, it does require coordinating. It does require yeah.
0: coordinating. And I will say, because we all had really little kids when we did it, um, we got a couple of sitters for all the kids at the last house. And so they were with the kids at the last house where we ended up for dessert. And so we had dessert and like Christmas cookies and stuff with our kids and then took them home. Fun. So it actually, it was a great way for it to be an adults. It was mostly adults only except we all ended up at the house where our kids were with the babysitters. The kids were there the whole time. Yep. The kids were there the whole time. The the sitters, um, had movies for them. And, um, and so we dropped them off there, then kind of worked our way back through the progression and ended up there. So that was a really fun, smart, fun way to do it. You, didn't you host a, um, viewing party for a TV show? I think this is another fun way to have viewing party for a TV
1: show. Yeah. Didn't you do it for Outlander? Oh, for Outlander. Well, actually, technically yeah. Jenna Jenna hosted it, but yeah, we we both went in together and like all on all the food and we did it, but it's just Scottish themed food and um snacks and decor and stuff like that. That was super fun. And I think the only reason we did it at her house was that she had the subscription to Stars. <laughs> <So>, right, <laughs> you needed to watch yeah. it. Yeah, we But that was really really fun. And um, I've done stuff like that before too, where it's like, hey, everyone come over and we're gonna watch, we're gonna binge watch um whatever the show is everyone's into right now. Right. And, and there's like going to be a little party around it. And, I, and that's, that's kind of fun and informal too. Like yes. it, can, it can be formal. You can have themed food and decor and stuff. And I think we've made party favors. So we really got into the outlander party, but I, but we've also done ones that were much more informal and it was like, bring, you know, potluck and we'll eat halfway through or whatever. Yeah. And, um, well, and, and I think having, and,
0: yeah. having something to watch, whether it's a football game or a fight or a show or a movie Kind of takes the emphasis that sort of is the point of the party. And I think right. just even psychologically on yourself can take the emphasis off everything else, like having yep. a perfectly clean house or whatever. It's sort of like that's the star of the show. So I think that's yep. we haven't hosted any. I, My Allison and I used to host like Oscars viewing parties when, way before kids. But Brian and I haven't hosted any viewing other than a Super Bowl party a few years ago. So that, uh, that has to go back on my list because I think that's a fun and easy one. So um, what about an open house? I see this a lot like my parents generation and, mm-hmm. you know, people who. So the idea of an open house, not like you're selling your house, not that kind of an open house, but is the, the whole idea is that it's a short party and people can come anytime in the window and they can kind of come and go whenever. So it's not usually planned around a meal. Um, you often do it around the holidays, but you could just do it for any time. And it can also just be during the day, like come on by. We'll be here. There'll be drinks and food from, you know, one to four or whatever. Right. Um, but I think that's another way to take the pressure off of serving a big meal. Yes. Yep. if You've just I think if you've just moved, it can you know, it could be a like a housewarming type of thing. But anything that you do open house style, I think that whole that that term in and of itself takes the pressure off of you're not going to entertain anyone. There's no like structure. There's no thing you have to be there for. So kind of the opposite of a viewing party. And people don't have to feel bad about dropping by for like 20 or 30 minutes. That I kind of like yeah, because I like that. I am someone who gets a little squirmy when I think about the fact that, OK, everybody's coming at six and they're going to be here for the long haul. And this is what we're doing tonight. So I think that could right. be another fun. You might have to have a reason to have an open house party. Like I said, maybe you just moved or whatever. But I think that could be a fun one.
1: Yeah, that is fun. And I and I know people who do that kind of informally, like we'll be here, stop by whenever you want. And it does work. It I think it allows you to invite more people to like the whole yes, thing. Becomes exactly. less of an issue.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just um, I think it's low commitment for both the host and the guest. Like the guest also right. doesn't have to feel like they have to stay for a ton of time or, you know, whatever. So. Okay, so one of my favorites is to host something in your front yard or your driveway and never actually have people into your house. This is about as informal as it gets, but I think it still counts as entertaining. You know, in my neighborhood, people hang out in their front driveways a lot because we all have really small backyards Mm -hmm. um, and the kids play in the street. And it can be as simple as sending a text to say, I'm going to order pizza at five o'clock you know, have the kids scooter on down BYOB and let's have dinner (laughs) in the driveway tonight. So my, my -hmm. neighborhood does this all the time. People will throw movies up on a projector in their driveway, like use the driveway. I mean, use the garage door as a screen. Um, for our, we have hosted little neighborhood caroling party the last few years where the kids go door to door to a few houses. And it's my favorite thing to host because nobody comes in my house. I have a bathroom (laughs) right inside the garage door. So we actually, we decorate the garage a little bit, but it's still a garage. Like we put string lights, we put little Christmas lights up and we have folding tables and we put some food out, but that's in the garage. And then people can come in and use the Restroom that's right inside the door, and then of course it's not too cold because it's California, and we just right, hang out right. in the garage and the driveway. But if you're intimidated by having people over, I mean that is as low key as you can get. Just your driveway is always
1: going to be clean, yeah. right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly.
0: I, don't know. I love it. I don't. You don't. You your front yard faces the busy street, so you don't. You can't really have alley parties at your house. It
1: really, does. Um, well, we could have an alley party. I it's weird in my neighborhood, at least people in the alley don't get to know each other that well for whatever reason. And I don't I we just not lot an offer a lot of opportunity, sorry, to mingle in the alley. And they tend to be older people. And for whatever reason, there are not a lot of mm-hmm. kids in my alley. So but I do know of neighborhoods where they where the neighbors know each other and do gather. stuff like that in their alley and gather. Um, Just not in this particular neighborhood for whatever reason. But
0: well, yeah, and, and so makes- definitely an idea. An extension of that is would be like a block party and you don't have to it doesn't have to be like a huge block party, but to just get a few neighbors if you do like your neighbors or want to get to know them better and decide to do something out in the block or in the driveway or in the street and right. meet more neighbors. So I know like yep, neighborhoods absolutely. with cul-de-sacs and it could be really fun. Um, OK, so my last couple were just simple. One is to do a breakfast or brunch in the morning. And you guys know that I'm just much better in the morning. So I had one of my birthday gatherings was a breakfast party um, a long time ago when I had a little play group of mom friends. We always did our Halloween party in the morning, um, like on a Saturday morning at a park, just because the kids were rested. They all went to bed so early at night. So just don't don't forget that the first half of the day can be a fine. Also, time to yeah. Host a you know, gathering.
1: I've done that a few times, but not as much as I would like. And that's something that I definitely, I feel like I could do more often and do really well. Like Sundays are really chill days for me. Usually I don't have a lot going on purposely. And like that would be a perfect time to have a brunch or a a breakfast party. And yeah. So yeah, I'm putting that on my to-do list.
0: Yeah, that that one's on your list. And my last one was just to... Pick a destination. If you don't want to have people to your home for whatever reason, I think it still counts as entertaining to decide or to like have a picnic or like a potluck on the beach oh, for or sure. yeah. go to the park. And so sometimes that's just takes one person to decide it's and it doesn't have to be a birthday party or a special event. It can just be, hey, we're all going to meet up and you know, bring our picnic lunches and meet up at the beach on this day. And so I right. think I think that counts as entertaining because you are the one bringing people together, and that is absolutely what that counts, counts as entertaining. Check check it off the list. It's your party. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I hopefully we convinced you guys to entertain in some form. Um, If you happen to be doing some big time entertaining this holiday season, I think you're really going to like our, the little companion episode to this, which comes out on Friday, which is December 1st. And we're really going to get into the nuts and bolts of having hosting a big family meal, especially at the holidays. So we're going to talk about stuff like getting your kitchen ready for that amount of food. And you know the sh- how we prep and how we shop and how we clean and c- these yeah. are sort of some like more hardcore entertaining nuts and bolts so i think it'll be kind of a fun companion but definitely if you have people coming over for you know christmas or during the holidays you're going to want to listen to that Absolutely. one on friday um but this has been fun and everything we talked about will be in the show notes at the momhour.com and we will see you guys there's back more on of us friday. coming this week if you haven't had enough <laughs> Yes, there is more. All right, we'll see you guys
1: soon. (laughs) The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, -K E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P, and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.